2: Welcome, hello everyone, to this year's Roto-World Fantasy Baseball Mock Draft Show. I am Ahmed Farid. I am so glad that you are with us here today. Over the next few hours, we're going to have a great group of experts here to draft a 12-team fantasy league. And I don't have to do this alone. Thank goodness. To help kick it off here, we bring in our manager of fantasy baseball content, the one, the only DJ Short. Salute to you, DJ. You have been so busy. You've been putting together this draft. You put together the Roto-World Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide. So basically, you have not seen your family for, I would say, one to two months. Right, DJ? That's that's almost accurate, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so let's get started. So uh, We have a 12-team uh, mixed draft here today uh standard scoring standard roto uh it's going to go 20 rounds we have a really great uh group of people here so i'm excited
2: all right so let's go through we got 12 teams uh do you want to go through the names dj some of these people we will see throughout the draft some of them we will just be seeing their picks and be able to make fun of them without having to (laughs) see them eye to eye but uh, who do we have with us here today
3: Uh, So picking first, we have Connor Rogers right here at NBC. Matthew Poliat will be picking second, also from NBC. Scott Pianowski from Yahoo, my podcast partner, will be number three. Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm joins us at number four. Uh, Dave Chauvin will draft number five. Von Dalzell, also of NBC Sports, at number six. Christopher Torres from the Triple Triple Play Fantasy podcast is at number seven. Andy Behrens, our friend from Yahoo at number eight. George Bissell, also from NBC at number nine. Good old Roto Pat coming over from the fantasy football side to join us. He's drafting at number 10. Jen Jen uh will draft at number 11 from Sports Illustrated. And then myself, I don't know how I got uh, <laughs> screwed here, drafting 12th, but here I am.
2: Yeah, because you've had like the first pick, I feel like each
3: of the last five years or something. It's it's only fair. It's only fair.
2: Evening out here. All right. So standard rules here, DJ.
3: Yeah, standard Roto five by five category. So, uh, yeah, uh, it should be fun. All
2: right. So I think this draft is getting going here in less than a minute. So let's welcome in. Our man with the first pick along with the man with the third pick, Connor Rogers from NBC Sports pick number one, Scott Pianowski uh, from Yahoo pick number three here. So Connor, uh, I'll just start with you. Uh, What are you thinking for number one? There's obviously a lot of debate out there on, on, on who to take.
4: So, listen, I left this to the Roto-World vote. There is a poll on Twitter. They got to decide. They did go with Trey Turner. As uh, promised, I will follow their route and take Trey Turner. To be honest with you guys, I was going to get away from the chalk and have a little fun. I was going to think about taking the J-Rod show and Julio Rodriguez here and go for the upside, take the swing for the fences. But no problem with taking Trey Turner, so he will be number one as the countdown Gets here to the final five seconds. Thanks. You know, to the
3: I wanted to, I wanted to put Bartolo Colon as kind of the wild card choice in there, and I think <laughs> that might have
4: won. If yeah, you would have had, there. you would have had me as a lifelong <laughs> yeah. Mets fan. I would have, I would have went that route.
3: <laughs> but is
2: yeah, he I think, in the database,
4: uh, he probably
3: is. He's not officially retired, so you never That's know. Right. He uh, still wants but, to play. Yeah, <laughs> but I do think this year it is kind of wide open at the top. So I think it was a great question. Uh, to ask our readers and listeners uh, to see who they thought should be number one. Uh, I think Turner obviously has a great case making the move from Los Angeles to Philadelphia. Uh, Great hitter friendly ballpark there. Lineup that should get even better when Bryce Harper comes back.
2: All right. So we have Ronald Acuna Jr. too. So Scott,
5: you are on the clock here. Yeah, and I think it's a good year to pick third because I don't see an obvious number one pick and I don't blame Connor for going to the crowd and and try to get the wisdom of the crowds in his favor. And and as you mentioned Bartolo Colon. I mean, we were trying to figure out who the precursor is to Shohei Otani. It's probably Bartolo Colon just to kind of do everything. (laughs) I'm going to lean, I was not gonna take Turner if he got to me only because shortstop is so deep. In this particular format, we're not picking middle infielders. We're just picking one of the static guys at each infield position. We do have three outfield fills. So I would have been fine with Judge here. I would have been fine with Acuna here, here, fine with Julio Rodriguez here. But I'm a floor drafter in the first round. I'm not trying to be a hero necessarily, but I want a player who I feel like is incapable of having a bad season. And that makes Judge the slight preference for me at 103.
2: All right. So Judge goes three here. And DJ, I mean, if you take Judge number one, no one's going to yell at you either, correct?
3: No, exactly. And I think the power advantage that he gives you, I believe he had 16 more homers than any other Player last season, not to say that he's going to hit sixty-two homers again, but I still think, yeah, floor. He even ran a little bit last year, stole sixteen bases, so I think across the board, staying with the Yankees, pretty safe there.
2: So Connor's guy, Julio Rodriguez goes four, and then you have Jose Ramirez. Uh, DJ, uh, he's he's curious for me because we did a mock draft I think a uh, couple months ago, and I took Jose Ramirez top three, top four. Mm -hmm. And I saw on the Roto World rankings, he's a little bit down farther.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, I I think third base is kind of a more shallow position that I think you can be aggressive on Ramirez. And also keep in mind, during the second half last year, he had this thumb injury that really drugged down his numbers, had uh, surgery on that thumb during the offseason. So I think he should feel pretty good about it. And I think the Guardians lineup the addition of Josh Bell is is a bit stronger than it was last year.
5: Yeah, I think what some people are nervous about is Ramirez's expected stats by the Statcast data did not match up to his real life stats. He was a little bit lucky last year with his batted ball profile, but that could be the thumb injury speaking. I, I know some also some concern of the Cleveland maybe has a good lineup but not a great lineup, but because third base is a shallow position, I, I again this is this reflects that the top 5 players we took Turner, Acuna, Judge, Rodriguez, Ramirez. They may be the top five picks in a lot of leagues, but in any order. You really couldn't just yeah. shake them up. And, and this is all the more reason why some years the 101 pick feels like winning the lottery. I don't want to pick first because I think you can make a case for all five of those guys as a legitimate first pick overall.
2: Connor, what do you think of... Six, seven, eight, nine, ten here now because I mean the blessing and the curse of number one is you have a lot of time to chill and just see how the rest of the draft develops here. But you got Kyle Tucker from Houston outfielder Then Mookie Betts, Juan Soto, Jordan Alvarez. So we had four outfielders in a row and then Freddie Freeman picked number ten.
4: I mean, how about Soto at eight? And I would love to toss that to Scott and DJ and get their thoughts. I mean, if if he really, I don't want to say bounces back. It's not like he was bad last year. He just wasn't Soto once he got to San Diego. You look at that lineup. You look at what we're so accustomed to seeing with Soto. The ceiling still untapped entirely of what he can do in a full fantasy season. I mean, there's no reason he can't finish as a top five guy, but just how last year ended, he falls all the way to eight. So I, I love that pick in that spot.
3: Yeah, I know he's dealing with a little like calf tenderness right now in in Padres camp, but I don't think that's going to be a big deal. He might actually still participate in the World Baseball Classic, so not super concerned about that. And I I think, you know, a full season in that Padres lineup, whereas last year, remember, he started the season in the Nationals lineup that was really decimated that they broke apart. So I think he has a big year coming up. I'm picking right now, and I think people are scared off by Vlad Jr.'s knee right now, but I'm going to take him right here uh number 12 and then i get to pick again and i'm gonna take the first pitcher off the board uh and go with corbin burns because by the time it gets back to me i think some of the other aces i might like will be gone so i'm going to take the first pitcher and i think that is interesting to not see a pitcher taken in the first round whereas three years ago there was probably three starting pitchers off the board in the first round what do you think that speaks to scott
5: Yeah, I think that's gonna be pretty standard that the first pitcher will go around where you took burns. Now in our format, it's a little bit more pitcher heavy than a lot of other formats might be. I think we're starting nine offensive players and eight pitchers if I have it correctly. So if somebody had priced in burns or Coles into the first round, I would have been fine with it. But I'm probably gonna try to take a pitcher, make sure I take at least one pitcher every three rounds so I don't fall too far behind in that category. In those categories, a lot of times I get so offensively focused. That I, I wake up and I'm like, oh man, I'm 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 a pitcher behind everybody. I'm a closer behind everybody. I'm going to be, try to be a little bit more proactive with that. I also love your Guerrero pick. Oh, the Toronto they got the the fences coming in. I know they've been raised as well, but I think that's going to be a net gain for the offense. And so many players in this offense are still on the front nines of their careers. We haven't seen the best Guerrero season yet. Bo Bichette just got drafted. We haven't seen his best season yet. This is going to be a destination offense for fantasy in 2023. Shohei
2: Otani goes off the board, DJ. As obviously in Yahoo, he is still split, right? Batter and pitcher.
3: Yes, that's right. And it makes it tough, but you know, there's some leagues where you have to make a decision every week whether to use the pitcher version or the hitter version. So and this I think as the hitter, I think he's a pretty nice value here. Um, even though he did make some really nice strides as a pitcher last year, you could maybe have an argument whether he's a better pitcher or a hitter at this point, but Uh, Certainly, he brings a lot to the table there. Uh, We see some more shortstop eligible players coming off the board here. Beau Bichette, who basically packed a whole season of production into September last year. And then Bobby Witt Jr., who's uh, eligible third base, where you'll probably use him because the position is a bit more shallow. But I don't think we've seen the best Bobby Witt, especially in the stolen base category. We expect some more stolen bases in MLB this year due to the rule changes.
5: Devers and Witt, certainly second round picks, and, and Bobby Witt's going to be a first round pick probably next year, but when you take guys like Devers and Witt, you're also drafting the rest of their teammates. This is the worst Red Sox lineup I've seen in about 10 years, and obviously Kansas City, they have three or four really good hitters and like a bunch of guys that we don't like. That's going to hurt the lineup from cycling through. I would have taken somebody like Pete Alonso over Raphael Devers just because I want the buoyancy of the Mets lineup. And with the case of Witt, I, again, I, I look, at, look at the second half of that Royals lineup. It's just going to be depressing. I don't want to draft into bad lineups this quickly, even when they're pel- players as talented as Witt <laughs> and Devers.
4: Guys, as I look here, I remember doing our outfield preview and and you guys just nailed it. It sneaks up on you how quick the top of the class comes off and then you go to that next tier or maybe even the third tier. And you can kind of be scrambling really quick if you wait on outfielder, it feels like.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. I I think those like kind of dynamic across the board contributors really fall off quickly. and, And there is a very noticeable drop off. So be careful over the course of your draft. Luckily, you know, Yahoo, as you can speak to, Scott, has some very generous qualifications at, at different positions. So you can use that to your advantage throughout the course of the draft. And we'll get into some of the quirks of that as the draft moves on. here. Scott, you are
5: on the clock. Take us into your brain. So I took Aaron Judge, which means I'm already behind on stolen bases. I was prepared to maybe take Garrett Cole if he got to me. He's been already selected. So. Pete Alonso looks awfully good here. I'm just going to have to play catch up with stolen bases, but I'm fine with that, especially in, into a year where I think there's going to be a lot more stealing globally. So maybe it'll be easier to find on the waiver wire or you're just more freely available than it has been in past seasons. Again, I love drafting into loaded offenses. I got judged part of a really good Yankees lineup, and I'm going to take Pete Alonso. First base isn't as deep as it has been in recent seasons, and I think the Mets could easily lead the National League in runs scored.
3: Man, you got like 90 home runs there potentially between the two of them. So good luck, everyone.
5: (laughs) So, Connor, you kind of
2: have the opposite situation here because you do have steals and Trey Turner think he'll run uh, there in Philadelphia. So as we near your pick, kind of what's going through your mind here?
4: I mean, I have to grab a pitcher on this back-to-back, right? I mean, there's just no way around it because I'm going to be waiting a really, really long time, and it falls into my hands here because I I wouldn't have taken Tatis. I already have the shortstop spot marked, and I know he will probably have some outfield eligibility at some point. So for me right here, I'm going to – and it's between really two guys in this spot because I don't like the injury risk of Jacob deGrom, scarred Mets fan, reminder. Aaron Nola, or obviously Sandy, is sitting right there, and with Alcantara – I mean, I just love the upside. I understand the concern with wins because of the Marlins. I mean, I totally get the Phillies have a potent lineup that could back up Nola's win total. But that's to me, this is maybe the best pitcher in baseball this year, and I'm just going to hope the Marlins can scratch out a couple of runs for him. So I get a pitcher spot solved, had to do that. And now it kind of opens the door where I still need power, right? I got Turner first overall, which helps me out with speed. I have a starting pitcher in this spot. It's just too early. I'm not going to spend on closer to consider a guy like Classe or Edwin Diaz here as much as we love those guys and what they could do single-handedly, especially for that strikeout ratio with Diaz. So I'm going to take Goldschmidt. I mean, maybe it's not the most exciting pick, but just to get that much potency on offense and, of course, kind of solve a power a power situation before it becomes a problem.
2: Uh, DJ, your thoughts on those last three picks? Fernando Tatis, who I think I've heard discussed as is- – potentially a first round guy. Uh, he really is not missing all that much early on in the season. And then you got Sandy Alcantara who was awesome last year and Paul Goldschmidt who was in the MVP conversation.
3: Yeah. I mean, to get Tatis this late, I, I think it's a serious value. Yes. He's going to miss 20 games, but like players go on the IL in this, you know, two weeks. So uh, to me, I, I think that's a tremendous value. There's a ton of questions about Tatis, not just coming up with of PED suspension, but another wrist surgery, Shoulder surgery. How does he bounce back from that? But it's very possible one year from now, we could be talking about Tatis being number one overall. I like Alcantara. I think he gives you the most volume of any pitcher in baseball. So he's going to make up for kind of maybe the lack of strikeout rate with how many innings he's going to throw. Where And then with Goldschmidt, I again, I don't think it's the sexiest pick in the world, but first base drops off a little bit too. So I think it was smart to secure him at this point.
5: All right, Scott, you're on the clock. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of glad Jacob deGrom went to Matthew Pouliot with the second pick in this round. I heard Connor talk about being concerned and scared maybe the draft deGrom, and I'm in the same area. Also in his mid-30s now, deGrom, I, I just think it's the wrong time to invest in him. I'm between Aaron Nola. I said I wanted to take a pitcher every three rounds and Marcus Simeon, and I'm going to go against my directive of of addressing pitching. I'm not going to be proactive. I'm going to take Simeon. Qualifies at second and shortstop. And after he got acclimated in Texas, if you take away those first five or six weeks when he couldn't do anything right, he was a first-round player. He's going to be, I think, a five-category player this year. He will start to fill the stolen base category. My first two guys don't do that. Marcus Simeon is going to be a first or second-round value, and you're going to get him in the third round of a lot of leagues. I want you to snap that up.
3: Yeah, I think that's a good call. Uh, And I'm jealous because I was eyeing Semyon. I didn't think he would actually make it to me, uh, but I like that eligibility too. And again, we get into that Yahoo eligibility, which is a bit more generous than uh, some other sites and really gives you a totally different dynamic uh, for how to construct your roster.
2: We're going to clip off, Scott, where early on you said, I'm going to take a picture probably every round from here on out and then just cut to your your team (laughs) at this point. How quickly things can change.
5: Right. It just means I'm going to have to take a starting pitcher probably in, in the next couple of rounds. Maybe two of my next three picks will be pitchers. Now, thankfully there's probably eight or 10 guys who are all very similarly priced who will make sense in the fourth round. I think this is probably the latest. You can push it. I wouldn't want to get any further than this, where, you know, go to an, most extreme strategies I think are a mistake. I think you want to have kind of a balanced strategy. So my team is out of balance right now, but you can't have everything. If I had taken Aaron Nola there, I wouldn't have any stolen bases. You know, I, you're going to have a belly somewhere. I think starting pitching is something you could still attack, even if you don't get one in the top three rounds. But I think in a lot of leagues, I will have a pitcher in the top rounds just not in this mock draft
2: well that makes sense too if we don't see a whole lot of pitchers in the first round that's speaks to the idea that there is some depth out there and maybe you can find some value later on in the draft uh, one of the names here dj that stands out to me pick number 29 michael harris of atlanta man he is such a good young player but this is a high spot in a fantasy draft
3: yeah i mean he's gonna have to do a lot to justify that average draft position Um, You see him going aggressively in the third round here. And it makes sense in theory. You know, you see what he did in like three quarters of a season last year. You say, oh, over 162, he can go 25-25, something like that. He's certainly capable of that and young enough that he can take that step forward. Still has some questions about the approach. And uh, I'd like to see some progress with that. Certainly young enough to do that. But, yeah, he's going to really have to. Put up some numbers to justify that price. There's
5: a rule of thumb sometimes that when players' ADP jumps significantly from one year to the next, that sometimes it's not a good idea to chase that ADP. Now you're buying Michael Harris at his presumed ceiling, where last year he wasn't even that that highly regarded a prospect compared to some other guys. Um, I definitely have a lot of respect for Dave, who's a, a very good fantasy player. But Harris in the third round makes me a little bit nervous.
3: So I just took Jazz Tism Jr. Uh, right here in the third round, last pick of the third round. Uh, eligible at second base, but also should soon be eligible in the outfield. He's making the move out there. So I just like having the option, seeing how the rest of the draft falls to uh, potentially put him in different spots. So, uh, And I needed some speed on my roster. He'll give me that. And speaking of projecting a full season, what someone could do, uh, what Jazz Chisholm did last year before the injury was really, really impressive. So if he could stay healthy, I think we could see a 2025 20, 30-30 type of season from him. And now we saw Edwin Diaz go off the board. I'm going to take Emmanuel Class A here, who may not give you the strikeouts that Diaz does, but I think he's the most efficient closer in the game. And Terry Francona is going to use him in every closer situation out there. Other teams, you know, maybe a bit more creative, mix and match, but I think I can mark down 35 saves for Class A and feel pretty good about that. And this year you have to be aggressive with closers. There's only a handful, maybe 10, 12, that you could say, yeah, he's the guy. 30 plus saves. It's not as easy as it used to be.
5: The more competitive your league is, the more important it is to get saves on draft day. And if guys like Diaz and class A are, are as good as we expect, then you avoid the most frustrating thing about fantasy baseball, which is playing the rat race and trying to chase your tail and get saves in season, which is extremely frustrating. So if you're in a league of more casual people, if you're going to be the Tony Soprano with a waiver wire, maybe you don't have the <laughs> draft saves. If you respect the people in your league, I think you get to get some at the draft.
2: So we do have the closers going here. Three have gone. Devin Williams, the last one, Uh, another starter in Shane McClanahan. I do know that Corey Seager, DJ, is an interesting player because he is a guy that could benefit from
3: the no shift rule now. Yeah, exactly. You look at the batting average last year was unusually low. And then you read all these articles about who is most likely to benefit from the shift. You know, off the top of your head, maybe you're thinking Kyle Schwarber, Anthony Mm -hmm. Rizzo. But it's actually Corey Seager who was robbed of the most hits last year because of the shift. So I would expect Seager to hit for a higher batting average anyway. But now that they, there are these shift restrictions in place. I think you can comfortably say he's going to hit 280. And in a lineup with the Rangers, which I think has a chance to be sneaky good, I mean, the numbers could be even better. We got a run on
2: pitchers now. Starters have yeah. gone
3: five in a row. Love it.
2: Love to see it. Hate
4: it. Hate it. Hate it. it. (laughs) I know you hate it. (laughs) Not ideal for Scott right now.
3: But I think that's great. I mean, I think it tells you, man, like you can wait and get one of these pitchers. You're still going to feel really good about, but some, you know, some of our drafters here, they already have two starting pitchers.
2: We are going to see if Scott finally
5: follows through on his promise to take a pitcher yeah i think i have to and you know i'm going to take shane bieber who is, is a little bit of leap of faith here because his fastball grades out as a negative pitch does that make you concerned but he's got great breaking stuff i believe in the cleveland defense even though the divisional play is a little bit more balanced this year he's still going to attack some weak teams like kansas city like detroit so he's more of maybe a a B plus pitcher than, than a, and, and some of the names that went in front of me, I Justin Verlander would look really good on my team. Brandon Woodruff would look really good on my team, but I still think Bieber could be a front man in a 12 team mixed league. So uh, stitch up the Jersey, let's sign him up. <laughs> I
3: think he's one of the few pitchers that you could probably say is going to throw 200 innings or around there too. Uh, so I think that's pretty big for you. And, you know, maybe his strikeout rate doesn't hang with some of these other guys, you know, Spencer Strider, Scherzer, et cetera. But if he gives you that volume, you're still feeling pretty good. And you have Class A at the back end, going to lock down a lot of victories too.
2: So no starters in the first round. And then we had three in the second round and then three in the third round. And now we are on six in round four. Connor, you got the back-to-back here. What's going through your mind?
4: Well, I was hoping Beaver or Verlander would make it to me and it came pretty close and I would have been willing to have, you know, a one, two of Alcantara and one of those guys. But instead, I'll look for the relief help now before it's just all gone. I'll take Jordan Romano, make sure I get saves, not completely uh, lose sight of that here on the back to back, because once again, when you're in the back to back and I'd love to hear the guys speak to this you just don't know what it's going to look like when it finally comes all the way back to you. So the risk there would be really scary. So Romano comes off the board there and then I'll open this round here. And, and you know, this pick, obviously there's risk in it, but I like the, potential of speed I have now in my lineup with Trey Turner and then taking Cedric Mullins and I'm hoping that we can get that power up just a little bit if he can get to the 20 home run mark I'd be really really happy about that but I just think I need outfield to help really badly and just the combination of speed him and Turner are going to bring to my lineup gives me a real calling card at this team
3: yeah I think he can touch all categories there and I, I think being part of an improved Orioles lineup which should get better throughout the course of the season they have more and more talent coming up all the time. Uh, granted, the Orioles' bar- ballpark isn't what it was before as far as a hitter haven. Uh, so maybe we've seen Mullin's best fantasy season, uh, but I still think he can be a useful across-the-board contributor.
2: All right, Scott, coming right back to you here. Um, you have Judge Pete Alonso, Marcus Simeon. So your power's looking pretty good. Some speed. Shane Bieber
5: last round. What are you thinking here? So if you're one of the last teams to take your first starter, maybe you want to be one of the first teams to take your second starter. I could also go closer here. I, I know DG and I are in lockstep on Iglesias of Atlanta being a really strong closer pick, but I – Man, I because I, Bieber's is more of a softer ace than some of the other guys. I think I need to double tap with a really strong starting pitcher, too. Zach Wheeler is a horse. He's a strikeout guy. Philadelphia is going to be a playoff team again. I know they don't have the greatest defense, but there's no defense needed when you're striking guys out. Let's get Zach Wheeler on the team.
3: I love that pick. I, I think Wheeler's going undervalued in drafts this year. And even myself, like, you know, we put together these starting pitcher uh, podcasts and we did all our rankings. And I almost feel like I need to like self-correct and say, maybe I was a little too light on Wheeler uh, in these podcasts and my rankings, because I think maybe there's a little injury scare there with Wheeler toward the end of last season. His velocity was up and down during the playoffs, but if he's right, if he's healthy, he's a top 10 fantasy starter to me.
2: DJ, our first catcher off the board, JT Real Muto, fifth
3: round. Yeah, can't argue with that. Uh, I've seen him go earlier, so I, I don't think that's crazy at I thought about all. it.
4: Yeah. 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 I thought about it. I just felt like it was a, a hair early. Him and Schwarber I considered because the power Schwarber brings. But, yeah, I was wondering when Real Muto would go. I figured this round would be it.
3: Yeah, it's a one-catcher league, so I think we're going to see our drafters, you know, wait a little bit with catchers. But if there starts to be a bit of a wave, there might be a bit more panic. But uh, to me, I think it makes sense that that he goes here. Uh, Coming off his best season, uh, you know, stole 20 bases. Maybe he'll steal more. Who knows? But at the very least, I think there's a good chance he'll steal 20 again under these new rules. So love the Phillies lineup. When Harper comes back, like I said earlier with Turner, you know, I think it's going to get even deeper and better.
2: There's the aforementioned Kyle Schwarber off the there board. I want to go back to one of the guys here, Scott Riff, if we can. Matt Olson, because he stands out to me. You got Freddie Freeman, you know, you got Vladdy, Pete Alonso, Goldschmidt. Seemed like a clear top four.
5: Where do you have Matt Olson first base? I, I love him this year. I think he just had the worst season he's going to have in seven or eight years. Getting acclimated to the National League, getting acclimated to the Braves. Another player who should benefit from the shift rules changing, another left-handed hitter, which is it's going to help mostly the left-handed hitters. And if I didn't already have Pete Alonso, I actually would have considered Matt Olson in the fourth round. I think he's a steal in the fifth round.
3: Yeah, I love him too. I I think if you wanted to uh, place a futures bet, I would do one on Matt Olson leading the National League in home runs. I, I think he can do that this year.
5: Um, You'd lose it it to Pete Alonso hitting 50 for me, but that would be a good bet nonetheless Maybe,
3: Uh, but I think what's interesting about Alonzo, or uh, Olsen rather Is his strikeout rate is like all over the place He's been very inconsistent with that But I think maybe a second year in the NL getting accustomed to these pitchers uh, We could see that come back uh, to earth and the batting average to be there as well So don't be scared off Still in his 20s
5: too, I want you to get Matt Olsen this year I strongly want to endorse that pick all right, uh, DJ, while you while you think on
2: your pick here, uh, we're going to say goodbye to Connor and Scott. Thanks for sharing thanks, your time with us for Connor. the first five rounds. Any parting Thank thoughts you guys. for you? Any parting thoughts?
4: That, I, this is a lot of fun. It's watch. It's fun to watch it play out before I have to do, <laughs> you know, my actual league. I've been in for 10 plus years that this is a really, really good starting point to know what not to do. At this point, <laughs> I talked about drafting
5: for balance. Remember, when you're drafting in Yahoo Fantasy Baseball, there's a stand at projected standings tab. And I'll be monitoring that tab during the rest of the draft to see if I'm actually hitting my benchmarks. Do I have enough stolen bases? Do I have enough saves? Do I have enough strikeouts? So make sure you're paying attention to that tab as you do your own Yahoo drafts. Good stuff. Right, sounds good.
2: They'll continue drafting. Good luck for uh, the rest of the mock draft here, Connor and Scott. All right, DJ, uh, while you contemplate your pick here, why don't you just take us through it? DJ, what, yeah, are, what so are you picking right now?
3: I just took my second starting pitcher with Julio Urias with the Dodgers. Okay. Uh, I know the wins are going to be there with uh, you know He'll throw a good number of innings. The strikeout rate isn't obscene, but it's still respectable here. So to have him as my second pitcher uh, behind Corbin Burns, I'm feeling really good. I do know I need a hitter here. So I'm thinking about it right now, what I, what I want to do. And again, I like the versatility. So... I'm going to take Dalton Varsho. Now with the Blue Jays, was on the Diamondbacks last season. Catcher eligible, which is likely where I'm going to use him, but we'll see what happens over the course of this draft if someone falls to me, and I think they're a nice value, but I want some outfield help here, so I'm going to go with Dalton Varsho. All
2: right, and now we welcome in our two other drafters to the program here we've got howard bender from fantasy alarm I'm gonna say hi to him and vaughn dalzell from nbc sports right in the building there so we have howard hello howard Good What's going on you, guys thanks for having me Vaughn yeah, here as well <clears throat> welcome guys so howard you're picking fourth in this draft and vaughn you are six so vaughn you're going to be up First, here. I'm looking through your team. You took Kyle Tucker first, and then you had Garrett Cole, Jose Altuve, then a couple more starters, Dylan Cease and Alec Manoa. So you are starter heavy so far.
6: Yeah, I like my pitching staff for sure. And I got go get some hitters out here. Um, it's funny because those are the guys at the top of my queue are still pitchers. I normally like to go uh, pitcher heavy and get some guys I feel like can make a difference uh, for the teams. It may not be big names in the hitter market. So Uh, right now, you know, I don't even know what I'm going to do in these next two picks, but, uh, it's going to be some flashy. That's for sure.
2: (laughs) Well, (laughs) uh, we, we saw with Scott, he knew what he was going to do and it still didn't work out that way. You got (laughs) to adjust on the fly as we all know with all these fantasy drafts. Um, so Howard, um, what do you think? I'm looking at your team here. What have you got so far? Julio first
7: pick.
8: (laughs) (laughs) What do I have?
2: (laughs) Julio first, Austin Riley, then uh, Lindor, Luis Robert. Your first starter went last round with Carlos Rodon.
8: Yeah, I mean, listen. The 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 goal when you're when you're looking at rosters this size, your goal is obviously you know top tier talent. You want guys who are going to check all the boxes and try and stuff the stat sheet as much as possible. So Julio Rodriguez, Francisco Lindor. Lewis Robert, you know, I'm going to get some power out of these guys. I'm also going to get some speed, which is a really nice base there. Austin Riley, I, you know, I feel like this guy is getting no respect. I could understand last year if you wanted to walk into the season and say, well, he's got to show me that he can do it again. But he's done it now for two straight seasons, 30-plus home runs. Um, obviously, with the uh, the ban of the shift, you know, we, we look to certain players who have been shifted upon more often than not. Uh, we, we hope for a little bit of an uptick in batting average. Oh, look, I'm on the clock. Yeah, I'm going to get my second starter here, guys. Live pick. Who doesn't love a live pick? Um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know if he's the best pitcher on the Seattle Mariners, but Luis Castillo is certainly going to be a solid number him. two anchor for me here behind Carlos Rodon. Yeah, I think leaving Cincinnati a full season there in Seattle uh, should be
3: beneficial for him. And going back uh, uh, to what you were saying about Austin Riley, I said in the last round uh, after Matt Olson went off the board, that I liked him as a futures play for home runs. I really like Austin Riley for NL MVP this year. If I had to put, I'd do a futures bet, he would be my choice in the National League.
8: I can't argue against that. I mean, thirty, you know, thirty plus home runs for a third straight season. If he keeps that batting average up. Um, I mean that that this lineup here for the Braves is just going to produce mad runs with, you know, yeah. a healthy Ronald Acuna, uh, Ozzy Albies getting back on track this year, Austin Riley, uh, Matt Olson, who I kind of feel like Matt Olson had a little bit of a down season last year yeah. in comparison to what I was expecting from him. So another year of comfort here in uh, in Atlanta. I mean that top end of that lineup is going to do some serious run production.
2: Uh, Vaughn, let's go back to you real quick because you took Max Freed, your third starter in a row.
8: Yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty good on
6: pitchers now, I have to say, for for quite a bit. But uh, I love the amount of points and strikeouts I'm going to get from these guys. Garrett Cole, Dylan Cease, Alec McNoah, Max Freed. These are all guys that are going to be top 20 in strikeouts all season long, most innings pitched all season long, wins all season long. Uh, so I am good on pitchers. And I knew Howard was going to get another pitcher, so I had to get my last guy. <laughs> right before he did, but Castillo was also on my mind because as a better, you know, I love my strikeout props and there was nobody <laughs> that was more consistent. Than Luis Castillo at some points last season. So uh, I think that's a great pick Howard, but I'd rather have Max Fried. Uh That's my guy. He's one of my guys.
2: DJ, so, as we'll you look through the last couple of rounds here. Sorry. If, is there a name that we haven't talked about that kind of sticks out to you on where they went here?
3: Uh, Corbin Carroll is someone we should talk about. Yeah. Um, Diamondbacks rookie outfielder. We saw a little bit of him down the stretch last year, uh, but he is just across the board tools here. But I think the the thing to be most excited about with Carroll is his speed. Uh, He has the most elite speed in the game. Saw him leg out a triple the other day in spring training. It was like a flash. I I mean, I think he could steal 40 plus bases this year. Uh, Maybe get you 10, 15 home runs, but I love to see what he could do over a full season this year. I think he's probably the favorite for NL rookie of the year right now, but that could look really good. I think we're gonna to have to get used to seeing him in, you know, the top ten outfielders for a really long time.
2: All right, we're going to get to Howard's next pick here in just a second, but I do want to remind you with all the new rules being implemented in MLB impacting fantasy baseball, it is more important than ever to get your Roto-World baseball draft guide. You can find all the player profiles, rankings, projections, all that you need to hit your draft out of the park. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash draft guide. Use Pennant 25 to save 25% at checkout.
6: Takeoff 15, discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit know.
1: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Howard, you are on the clock. Um, I am on the clock. So
8: I'm going to turn around here and I'm just going to grab me some Jose Abreu. Uh, I love the move to to Houston. And then, you know, I mean, look at the, the first base position pretty top heavy. I love the top six guys who are, who are there. And I think that that shelf kind of drops off a little bit. Once you get past Jose Abreu uh, for consistency, I don't mind guys like, uh, you know, Nathaniel Lowe. And I don't mind guys like uh, Pasquatch out of Kansas city. I love that Jersey, (laughs) by the way, Vaughn. Yeah. Very nice. Um, Pasquatch is easily my favorite nickname right now going on in, uh, in major league baseball, but you know, you, I, for me, I want in a in a league like this where there's no corner infield or also to kind of lean on, I like grabbing one of those top-end first basemen, get the power, the ballpark's beautiful for Jose Abreu. The surrounding yeah. lineup protection he's going to have is going to be delicious, so I'm in.
3: I, I love that pick, too. I'm big on an Abreu bounce back uh, this season. We did see a power drop off last year, but like you said, going to that, righty friendly line uh, ballpark there in Houston I think should be big for him and he still hit the ball really hard last year I think we see a nice bounce back I see I think we see 100 RBIs he could stay healthy so I'm all in on Abreu this year as well
2: all right we got catchers back to back Will Smith and Salvador Perez Vaughn it seemed like you had a pain to look on your face before you made your pick
3: I was choosing
6: between Perez uh, and and um, my guy. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I felt like Perez should have been my pick because I'm wearing a Royals jersey representing Bo Jackson right now. But at the same time, I can't let that type of thing influence my draft, especially when I've been working off my road-to-road uh, draft guide right here. <laughs> Appreciate, and, that. Uh, yeah. Appreciate that. And, yeah, I mean, some of my pitchers or some of my catchers got taken already, but Will Smith was the highest-rated uh, ranked rated one left here, according to our draft guide. So, I felt pretty comfortable taking him, especially being on the Dodgers. You know they have hitters galore out there in Mm -hmm. L.A.
3: So I'm up right now. I haven't taken a shortstop, and I have some good choices here. Uh, But I'm going to go with Wander Franco. Uh, Was hurt last year, had the Hammett bone surgery. Not surprised we didn't see him at the top of his game. But a year ago, there was so much excitement about what Wander Franco could do. I think he could win a batting title, if not this year, then a future season. But I think this year he gets everything back on the map. I'm excited to see what he can do. Maybe he doesn't have the fantasy upside of some of these other guys, but I am still a huge fan of what he could do. And now I'm back-to-back I'm back here, so I need to think about what I want to do for my next pick. Not super easy. I have a lot of ways I could go. I'm probably going to go with an outfielder here. And I am going to take someone who I've called – The poor man's Corbin Carroll. I'm going to take Jake McCarthy on the Diamondbacks, who really came out of nowhere last year and turned out to be very valuable across the board contributor. Uh, Gives you a lot of speed, gives you a decent amount of power, should hit for average. Uh, So again, I think uh, really giving me some speed in that lineup some nice balance uh, and to take care of another outfield spot, which I needed to fill.
2: I'm sure he would love that nickname. Poor man, Corbin <laughs> Carroll. Uh, great, sounds awesome. Uh, Howard, let me let me get your opinion on this. We saw a couple of pirates go back to back: Brian Reynolds and O'Neal Cruz, and then a couple of intriguing Orioles went later in the round: Gunner Henderson and Adley Rutschman. What do you make of any of those picks?
8: Um, all right. Well, I mean, I, listen. I love Gunnar Henderson. I am notorious for being a sucker for rookie third baseman who can hit for power. The fact that he can also steal bags, the fact that he also uh, will probably see some shortstop and gain that kind of eligibility really turns me on to uh, to Henderson a lot this year. Adley Rutschman, I think he's a fantastic power hitting catcher. I really like the Orioles this year. I mean, I'm a diehard Yankees fan. Um, so you know when you see a bottom feeder in your division, kind of build themselves up a little bit. You you know you you say add a boy. That's that's the way to do it. So <laughs> I, I love Rutman. Uh, you know I've taken him in a number of drafts. Uh, just good, strong, power hitting guy that you uh, that you can rely on. Reynolds, I think uh, once he gets off of the Pirates, I think he'll soar, and I think that comes this year. Um, O'Neill Cruz is the guy who I kind of worry about. Uh, you know, big guy switching positions probably. Uh, some holes in the swing, the strikeout rate. It's very tough for some of these guys who stand taller than 6'5 to really put everything together for themselves at the plate. So, you know, O'Neill Cruz, I'm a little bit more lukewarm on.
3: I agree with you on that. Uh, I mean, it's easy to get lost in the tools and, uh, you know, the stat cast data, you know, uh, exit velocity and the, the sprint speed and even his arm. Like the tools are there, but it's like, Can he make enough contact to stay in the lineup? Can he hit left-handed pitching? Uh, These are questions we're going to have to ask. And the Pirates lineup, while it's better than it has been, love seeing Andrew McCutcheon back in Pittsburgh, it's still not a great lineup. Uh, So I think that's a factor for Cruz as well. We got Vaughn back on the clock here.
6: Oh, I got all my guys taken. Willie Adamas was taken. Byron Buxton was taken. Dansby Swanson was taken. My queue just went depleted hundred <laughs> percent uh so now it's okay you got, 27, you got twenty
2: seven you got twenty seven seconds Vaughn.
6: totally enough time to make a great decision in life. Um, <laughs> I've been looking at Carlos Correa and uh Jeremy Pena. I like all the former Astros or current Astros, apparently um It's a tough decision between the two. I really like what Pena's been up to. I'm going to take Correa, though, just because I know for sure what I'm getting out of him, but I do want to give a shout-out to Jeremy Pena because uh, he was, at one point last year, a guy I thought that could win rookie of the year, and they had a lot of young comers up. J.J. Matajevic as well at first base. Um, He was a guy that I actually went to middle school with, so I knew he was going to be in MLB one day. Pretty excited to see him be there, but um, also give a shout-out to O'Neal Cruz because he is a freak, a five-tool player, but I would not take him a fantasy this year, Howard. I'm with you there. Uh, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Maybe. Have you uh, seen Jeremy like
3: Pena's? Uh, have you seen Jeremy Pena's biceps there in Astros camp? I? No, think I he, can I have my all, pick
6: back if they're? In something?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think all he did during the offseason was lift. That's it.
6: Well, homers, homers, homers. That's the name of the game, especially in Houston.
2: Uh, I'm the Howard. same
8: way. I would flex right now, but I don't want to rip my sweatshirts.
2: <laughs> Save it for the end of the draft. You always do that at the end of the draft. Um, Howard, we got another live pick. You weren't uh, talking about it, but you were picking here live on the stream. Tristan McKenzie, take us through that one.
8: Yeah, I really love this kid's stuff. It's an electric arm, good strikeouts, uh, showed some improved command last year. Uh, you know, I just feel like he's ready to take that, that next step, uh, you know, towards having himself a, a rock-solid season. I think we're looking at, you know, about a strikeout per inning. We're looking at a, a good, stable ERA. I see the projections here uh, from Yahoo have him at a 3 2 ERA. As my number three starter, I mean, well, I, I think it'll come in a little bit under that. I love the fact that he doesn't give up a lot of hits, that he doesn't walk a ton of guys. Um, so for me, you know, as as my number three starter, good strikeout up you know augmenter here, uh, I'm a fan. Uh, me too. I, I I love Tristan McKenzie. He's such a thoughtful pitcher too. Uh,
3: he's always thinking of ways to improve. I think there's a chance we could see more strikeouts from him in the future. He has the stuff mm-hmm. to take that leap. Uh, but I just love a pitcher who's always willing to dig into the data, uh, make some tweaks with his arsenal, stuff like that. And McKenzie's one of those pitchers.
2: Yeah. He prides himself going deep into games. I know we had him on our Peacock MLB Sunday lead off a couple of times and th- they don't always let him go deep into games. I mean, he's such a small, slight frame, tall guy, right. but slender yeah. frame. Um, but late in the year, he started to go deeper into games. And uh, I think he really took a lot of pride uh, in that. We're almost to the end of round eight here. Uh, DJ, there are a couple interesting names. I, I think Vaughn mentioned a couple of them. Dansby, he was thinking about Byron Buxton here. Uh, Willie yep. Adamas, any of those guys stick
3: out to you? Yeah, I, I think uh, Swanson is interesting because he makes the move to the Cubs, uh, signed mm-hmm. a big deal with the Cubs during the offseason. So the quality of lineup, not quite as good, but I think the Cubs are, they could be kind of sneaky this year. I, I kind of like them. I think they could be a frisky team. Uh, Nico Horner set to lead off for them. I'm sure Swanson will bat high in that lineup, so it'll still, still give you some volume. And he's kind of sold out a little bit for power over the past couple of years. So I believe in him being a a you know, 25 homer bat. He's also very fast, so I think his speed is still going to be there as well. Uh, so I think Swanson sometimes gets some disrespect in fantasy because the position is so deep, uh, but I still like him a lot.
2: And Byron Buxton can be a round one talent at times yeah. throughout the year. You just wonder, I mean, what's the over-under on games played in the year for Byron yeah. Buxton?
3: Right. I mean, uh, he's another one of those like stat cast darlings uh, that we yeah. watched. Joe Musker was interesting to see uh, come off here. Uh, of course, he uh, broke his toe. Uh, he dropped, again, speaking of lifting, uh, he dropped a dumbbell on his toe. So he's set to miss Ooh. some time. But, you know, if healthy, he's a top 20 starting pitcher. Uh, I think he'll be back in, you know, maybe May uh, is when we'll see him. Felix Batista coming off the board here, another closer. Looks like we're set for a potential closer run. Uh, Camilo Duvall, the Giants closer here. Uh, so maybe these top tier closers, we're going to see them all come off the board here soon.
2: Well, I think that's interesting because we have two guys with us, Howard and Vaughn, who have not drafted yeah. a closer yet.
6: <laughs> I have mine circled right now. And as soon as I saw one come off the board, that was uh, that was my thought too, DJ. I'm, I'm kind of nervous now that I'm going to get <laughs> skipped again here and two of my guys in my queue are going to be taken away. And I might have to uh, pivot to another position, but... So it looks like it's closing time
8: here. Yep. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I, you know, closers have been a little bit of my kryptonite this year, just in the, in the drafts that I've done, because I, you know, I don't want to invest too heavily into one, but I feel like this is like, this is that year that if you don't have an Edwin Diaz or an Emmanuel class, a, the rest of the bullpens, there are so many teams that are going bullpen by committee um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's uh it's it's worrisome. So I was debating whether or not to go catcher uh here because Wilson Contreras is still lingering, or do I go into the uh into the closer realm? There's uh it's you a it's a tough her. spot to be in. Um you should go catcher. Should I go catcher? Is that what you want me to do, Vaughn? Yeah, well, yeah,
6: you should go catcher.
8: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Uh, well, all right. I'll tell you what, Vaughn, you tell me which closer you want and I promise I won't take (laughs) them. You promise it's
6: Kelly Jensen. If you promise. Oh, if if I promise. Yeah.
8: I'll, I'll, I'll just, you know what? I'll take my Yankee. I'll take clay home. Okay. Um, you know, spoke to, uh, spoke to Brian Cashman about it. Spoke to Aaron Boone about it. Uh, home seems to be the guy they're leaning on. They will play some matchups, uh if the top of the order com- if a, if a meaty part of the order comes in in the seventh or eighth but i think he gets the bulk of the saves
2: oh so who's, dj have we Daniel had was? our first have we had our first auto draft of the uh mock draft
8: is that is that what happened here is that who just took kenley it looks like dancing?
2: tyler glasnow howard did you take oh no no i didn't
8: uh, okay. i took clay holmes i thought i took clay holmes uh-oh. Hey, you know what, Howard? I think this is—I
2: think this is instructive because this has happened to me multiple drafts in my uh, life, and, and then I have I, to figure I can, it out.
3: I can undo these picks, and we can go back if you'd like. But
8: that I may mean, not be good, would, Howard. I, do I want to hurt right. Tyler Glass? No, no, I don't want to hurt Tyler <laughs> Glass. Okay, Snow, let's do it. Okay, I, I want my
7: closer, please, please.
6: <laughs> All right, uh, let's. Can you make sure that Dave also doesn't get Kenley Jensen so my two (laughs) really pictures are taken right before me? All
2: right. I mean, Like honestly, like this is something I don't know that everyone knows that they have the ability to do. uh, Commissioners have the ability to stop a draft if something goes haywire, correct?
3: Yeah, that is a helpful thing to show off for, for Yahoo where we're doing this draft right now. So if someone makes a mistake, you can go back. And Howard got his Clay Holmes pick here. Uh, so don't panic. Don't panic. You can always go back. Oh God, God. You can you can live again. And unfold it unfolded the same way. Clay Holmes nope, and then Henley
6: panicked. Jansen went off the board. So
2: this feature has hurt Vaughn. The fact that we have this has put him in a very difficult <laughs> spot.
6: <laughs> I wish I didn't go heavy, uh, pitcher heavy because I would just take Tyler Glass now here because he's... Uh, He's a topic of debate, but ah, oh, this is tough now because now I'm, I'm kind of feeling just to go back to the outfield and uh, go get a guy like maybe Bryce Harper, Giancarlo Stan, the bigger name players that fall a little later in the draft. Ah, oh, Tough decision. Uh, any advice? What do you, come on, DJ Ma, you guys got some advice I, for me here?
3: I, I'm honestly surprised Harper is still out there. I'll me just, too. I'll just say that because when he comes back, it's like getting a first or second round pick. He should I'm be back probably by the start of July. I think it's going to vary from league to league where we see Harper drafted this year because uh, it is a polarizing situation. We're going to have to keep him in an IL spot for three months, which is, mm-hmm. which is tough, but he can be a stud once he's back. You
6: talked me out of it because you said IL spot for three months there with that <laughs> four seconds on the clock, and I said
3: that does not sound appealing right now in round 9. But you know what? Giancarlo Stanton could be in an IL spot for three months. so.
6: Yeah, very easily. So I'm probably just, just playing myself there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think both those options are probably the best bets for me since both my relief yeah. pitches were off the board. Even though I'm not going to talk too much smack on Tyler O'Neill going behind Stan, but if I'm getting Stan the pick before Tyler O'Neill. I feel pretty good about my draft spot right there.
2: And I guess, and DJ, that, I mean, that is going to be what everyone's got on their mind at this point. If Bryce Harper is still out there, the problem is that, you know, he's missing the first three months. Now, unfortunately, Bryce Harper hasn't been the healthiest guy, obviously he's hurt right now. Right. And so there's no guarantee that the final three months of the season are injury free for Bryce Harper as well. So it is fascinating, but it's tantalizing, right? You can get that guy for the playoff run. Of course,
3: Mm. of course. But then, I mean, it could be July and you're out of it. You know what I mean? So it, it, it is a tough call, but it it's it's tantalizing. But it's also kind of limits you if you only have one IL spot available for three months. You're probably going to end up dropping some useful players. So I'm up but right now. Oh, I sorry, to DJ, what that's I right. Want to, yeah, I need to figure out what I want to do. Oh, no. Uh, so I think I could use maybe some power in my lineup. I'm going to go maybe a little bit off the board here and take Max Muncy. Um, who's third base eligible and second base eligible. Another versatile option for my lineup. I have him at third base here. I love what he did down the stretch last year. I think he rushed back from that torn UCL in his elbow, but the quality of contact was really good down the stretch. Going to bat in the middle of that Dodgers lineup with Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts setting up for him. So uh, love that. And now I need to decide what I want to do. I think I'm going to take my third starting pitcher in this spot. And, hmm. I am going to go with Blake Snell, um, and he started off rough last year, but really found his way uh, during the second half there for the Padres. I know the strikeouts are going to be there. He's not the most efficient pitcher in the world. Is he going to pitch deep into the game? It's not sure, but uh, Padres lineup really talented. I think the wins are going to be there, uh, so I feel good about him being my third pitcher.
2: Howard, can I get your thoughts on Jordan Walker, third baseman, Cardinals? I mean, do we know that he's going to make the opening day
8: roster? Did, did you see my message to Andy Barons in the chat? No, uh, no I did not. <laughs> that that pick that I I complete. I'm, I'm going home. I'm done, guys. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> out. I'm I'm going on to auto draft the rest of the way. I'm finished. Um, I love Jordan Walker. You know what I said about O'Neill Cruz, um. It kind of works for for Jordan Walker. You know, you take a big guy like that and you expect there to be holes in his swing. There aren't any holes in his swing for a big guy like that. I mean, he's just he's obviously he's stepping up now in the spring with Tyler O'Neal and uh, and Lars Newtbar over at the World Baseball Classic. Um, yeah, Jordan Walker is being given every opportunity. He's going to get a ton of at bats. The only person that he really needs to outplay is Dylan Carlson. Uh, right. Come on, it's Dylan Carlson. So right. there's, you know, to me, I know that 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 you know, that, that John Mozeliak loves having, loves the opportunity to get that extra first round draft pick if mm-hmm. his guy gets Rookie of the Year. Ooh, yeah. ooh, look at that. See, I can get my closer and my catcher all at once Ooh, here. You love it. <laughs> How love did it. that happen? But we, we, should talk about, fire.
3: we should talk about the rookie situation too because it's a little different than in previous years where teams would wait until late April or May to bring up their top prospect. But you're right. There's this incentive for teams to, keep, to have their top prospects on an opening day roster. So maybe a few years ago, there's no chance we would have seen Walker start the season in the majors. But now I think it's pretty clear especially with the way that he's handling himself in camp uh that he's going to be on this opening day roster and this could look like a value especially with that third base eligibility where he's mostly going to play outfield uh with the cardinals obviously nolan arenado's there third base so he's going to play uh at third base but walker's going to play outfield but he has that eligibility which makes him super useful
2: all right vaughn howard highly entertaining we got our first uh auto draft, and then had to go back. And now Howard just wants to auto draft from here on out because he didn't get Jordan (laughs) Walker. So
9: back to,
2: back to just auto draft. Um,
8: any, any final thoughts here, Howard? Um, no, I think, uh, I, I think, you know, if, uh, Connor and, and Matthew and, and Pianowski let me have it. I think I'm going to punish Vaughn a little bit for not taking a closer. Oh, uh, no. And, and just grab David Bednar right here Ooh, uh, with my he next can have pick. Him. Yeah. So you don't he like can him? Have him.
6: As a, uh, as a Pirates fan, as a man who grew up 30 minutes outside of Pittsburgh, anybody that's on the Pirates, you can have them in fantasy. <laughs> I don't want them. I'm going to be fading them all year as usual. That was my first win total under bet this year on the NBC Sports website. Only thing I, I have to say, though, go get your roto World guy, oh, guys. Yeah. I'm telling you. I appreciate that. This thing is going to me. That. I'm going <laughs> to finish in second place behind Howard here. So this is the reason why. <laughs> I appreciate that.
2: Don't God, appreciate put me in up. Company man, company man. All right, Vaughn, Vaughn, Howard. uh, Good luck the rest of the way here on the draft. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. All right. We're going to welcome in our next two drafters here in a second. I'm just I'm just looking, DJ, to see if uh, Vaughn just totally punts closers from here on Uh, out. We'll see uh, what happens. Um, I don't know. There's not much left. All right. I want to remind you that you can download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. You can stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster, get the latest injury updates, player news and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. All right. We are in round 11 and it is time to welcome in two new pickers who have been with us this entire draft so far we welcome in christopher torres from the triple play fantasy podcast and also the one and only andy barons from yahoo sports andy and christopher great to see you guys andy i'll start with you you're making a howard auto draft from here on out with your jordan (laughs)
10: walker
7: pick (laughs)
10: <laughs> that, you know, the funny thing is that was actually uh, that was a personal attack on on Pat Daugherty that, that Howard was just collateral damage there. Um, that was I, I actually texted Pat before I made the pick and, and told him that the rest of my draft was just going to be about enraging him. Um, and, and I think I accomplished that. And then to 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 have Howard caught up in it. That's just that's just a little bonus just
3: bonus. Yeah, uh, this
2: is this is perfect. All right. You guys are back to back here because we got Chris at uh, seven picking seven. Andy, you're at eight. Andy, you're on the clock right now. Chris, uh, Andy, while you think, Chris, take us through your last pick in your draft so far.
9: All right. So we're well, super happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. Uh, I took Stephen Kwan and normally I would say that's not a guy that I'd be too interested in because we know there's not much power there. But given the construct of my team right now, I feel like I'm pretty set in power. I got Salvador Perez, Adamish, Schwarber, Tyler O'Neill. Like, I've got a good base there. So I wanted a guy who's going to give me some runs. And in the second half last year, Stephen Kwan took off with the stolen bases. I feel like just getting those two categories, he's going to give me elite run production, elite average. Actually, three categories, because I think he's going to be close to elite in stolen bases. He just kind of fit my team. So that's why I took him there
2: and Andy I'm looking at uh your team here you started off with Juan Soto then went Shohei the batter Randy Arena, so three hitters off the top and then you got uh, Shohei the pitcher too so you you combined them into one man
10: I I sort of took Shohei the pitcher out of out of sequence, right? I just became so delighted with the idea of getting both Otani's, which which yeah. has almost never happened for me. Um, that is lovely. I think I think I might have leapfrogged um, Verlander. Um, I'm not sure who else was still on the board. Maybe Woodruff. It was it was not like the chalky pick, but I didn't think I was going to get him on the way back. And uh, you know, I'll I'll tell you another thing about the way that this league is set up, and it is it is the way that most Yahoo leagues are set up. It is the yahoo default there's a there's an innings max that is that is pretty easy to reach uh it's like 1400 innings so you don't you don't really have to think about getting guys who are going to go 200 who are going to go 210 um you just you just need strikeout rate um that's that's basically the way the yahoo game tends to play um so the worry that you would normally have with otani maybe only goes 145, 150 innings that's not really that's not really present in this league
3: yeah. The double Otani o- is, is super fun. You don't have to make that choice. You could technically have hitter and pitcher Otani active on the same night, which is pretty awesome, but it feels unfair, th- th-
2: right? Yeah. Imagine midway through the year, Andy, you have to trade one of them. Oh, how devastating <laughs> is that <to> show
3: <laughs> Sophie's choice? Yes.
10: I would almost, I would almost never do this. Like it's really common for me to go 10 rounds without, um, taking a pitcher. In fact, I, I, I thought I would initially, I thought I would probably, we'd probably come to my block where I, where I'm talking to you guys and I wouldn't have a pitcher on the roster yet. And I'd have to start, um, snagging them. We didn't, we didn't quite get there. Um, but I was just, again, I was just, I was too tempted by the idea of taking both Otani's. So you, you've got two, you've got Otani,
2: you took Luis Severino and now you're on the clock again here, Andy.
10: Um, yeah, I'm going to, I don't know, every pick I've made so far has been, um, basically one of my, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, um, annoyed, uh, and I'm, I'm glad to be on here with, uh, with, uh, Chris, because like Schwarber was like the, the one guy from my list of favorite players that I do not have in this league. There's no way that we're deleting this league, by the way, we're playing this out. <laughs> I will, I will personally see to gonna it my next the scenes that we play this thing out.
3: We'll do best ball format. How about that? <laughs> we, don't have to, we don't have
10: to touch it. I'll accept it.
3: <laughs> oh, man. So, Grayson, Grayson Rodriguez for your pick here. I, I like that.
10: Yeah, this is kind of a... I mean, this is also a, a reach relative to ADP, but um, I'm... You know, I, I I just the other day seen uh, uh, Gray Albright uh, tweeting about the same thing. Like, I'm I'm way out of step on Grayson Rodriguez. I I feel like he should be, if not a if not a top 100 player, I feel, I feel like he should be a top 120 player or something like that. And he just he commonly goes like in the 180s, 190s in, in terms of ADP. I, I just think he's much better than that. Like he's he's obviously he's he's throwing 99 miles an hour. The the K rate in the minors was crazy. Um, I I expect him to be great right away. Um, Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
3: I think the only question is how many innings he throws um, because he did have that lat injury last year, which kept him out for, you know, a good portion of the season. I think in the innings that he throws, he can be great. It's just a matter of how many. And Chris, I see you took uh, Nathaniel low here. Um, So I'm, I'm assuming you're buying on what we saw during the second half last year.
9: I am. Um, I mean, hitting in the middle of that lineup, I I was really encouraged by what he put up in the second half. And honestly, I don't have him on any of my other teams, but just given where he is here, pick 138, other drafts I've done, he's going – top 100 you know like in that 90 to 110 range so um really for me like i i I do believe in some of the gains he made but more of just a value pick like i felt i I felt like he got to a point in the draft where i almost had to take him i didn't have a first baseman so uh yeah happy with that pick
3: so a little bit of a first first base run here we had low we had Cronenworth, who of course is eligible multiple positions and then christian walker as well who is a big power bat there with the Diamondbacks and a lineup that I think has a chance to be uh, sneaky good. We see Lance Lynn as a potential bounce back pick and then Jordan Montgomery getting his first full season there in St. Louis with a really good defense infield defense behind him. We know Montgomery uh, gets the, a lot of grounders there uh, should help him full season in St. Louis uh, getting away from Yankee stadium. So I think that's a good pick there by Matthew.
2: Andy, where are you on the uh, Bryce Harper? Because we saw him go finally here in the 12th round. We talked about him a little bit bit earlier, thought maybe he could go in the, the 10th round or even before. Where are you on
5: Bryce?
10: Yeah, had him in the queue, um was was absolutely looking at him and might have might have actually taken him in the spot where I took Jordan Walker if I didn't want to just attack Pat. Um <laughs> <laughs> as as ended up happening. Like I I think that's probably the right range like that, uh, you know, especially a mixed league where you can you know we're not we're not we're not playing an only league here where it's really difficult to fill positions any position right. like you're you're going to have um you're going to have an outfielder for half a season that you really like um and it's not going to you know it's not going to crush you so so replacing Harper for for a few months in this league is is not really going to be a very big deal if we were if we we're playing with like i don't know five, you know five outfielders two utilities uh, all sorts of things like that it might get a little bit thorny but in this particular setup um you know, it should it should actually elevate Harper a little bit.
3: That's a great point. I mean, the replacement value that you're able to get on the waiver wire is really solid. So even if you're waiting on Harper for three months, you'll be able to piece together that outfield spot. Yeah, maybe end up getting a you know really nice uh, value uh, off waivers or late round pick or something like that.
2: Chris, um, what what is maybe a overarching theme for you? This year, what what do you think describes this uh, fantasy draft season? How are you trying to attack drafts this season? That might be a little different than previous years.
9: Yeah, so I know a lot of people are saying, "Well, pitching is so deep, I'm just going to wait on it." I'm actually kind of zigging while others are zagging. I'm trying to make sure that I get uh, two. I know you're a horse guy, so I want to get my my two horses (laughs) up top. I want, and in this draft, I took Nola and Woodruff. Um, So I want to establish a base. Of starting pitching another overarching theme kind of applies to the rule changes that that we have this season with stolen bases i really want to limit the amount of guys on my team that are going to be a zero in that category because i think we're going to need more stolen bases to be competitive in that category so a guy like a a yordan or an eloy jimenez like yeah they're going to give you uh great production in power but if you're getting a zero from them in speed, I'm knocking them a little bit down. So that's, those are two things that I'm really thinking about going into drafts this season.
2: All right. Okay. You're back on the clock here, Chris.
9: All right. Um, I need a pitcher. Uh, let's
1: see.
3: Well, Chris is thinking, I wanted to talk about the stolen base thing too. So uh, what about, how do you approach someone like Tommy Edman, who we've counted on for speed in recent seasons, Does he stand out as much this year in a year where speed will presumably be a a lot easier to find? What do you think? Are you
10: at? Yeah. Andy's on on the clock now, too. Well, I'll, you know. DJ's trying to distract you guys now that we're playing it for real. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Edmund. Edmund is a guy that I just haven't landed yet. And I understand like I understand the appeal, but I, you know, I I feel like where you're going with the question is that maybe he was a little bit more appealing last year. Right. Where the idea of finding any source for twenty five steals, thirty steals was was just so, you know, it seemed so rare and and now, of course, it seems as if steals are going to spike. We don't know exactly to what extent. I fully agree with what Chris said about guys who are who are probably going to be zeros in the category. Like you you probably want to you probably want to duck that as much as you can. Um, but n- now that presumably there are there are many more steals available in the pool. Like I don't know that Edmund is a guy who's gonna who's going to steal sixty, right? Like right. there's there's some guys that I could flag that I think really you know they have like. 50 steal upside but i don't i don't think that's him so yep. now we're talking about somebody who's really just who's really just runs and steals um and that's great like he's in a he's in a good lineup i just don't know if it's i just don't know if that matches the draft price um you, like he has the same draft price everywhere it's not like you know it's not like people aren't taking him relatively early i don't think he's gonna hurt you there's just there's just many other steal sources available in the player pool right now and i don't like i just haven't been able to pull the trigger yet
9: And what scares me too is the, is the lineup slot with him, you know, like there's a very uh, realistic scenario. We saw it last year where he hit in the bottom of the lineup and that's, that's going to really eat into his counting stats. So he's another guy. I'm, I'm also off of.
3: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that's the concern with Edmund. And it was frankly going into last year, why, why a lot of people were fading Edmund is because they were worried about the lineup spot. I think this year with a deeper Cardinals lineup, Lars Neutbar potentially at the top for a good portion of the time. Uh, Brendan Donovan is a top of the order option as well. That uh, He might not be able to match his ADP this season.
2: DJ, you got uh, Ian Happ. I know you're high on him, and then you went with Scott <clears throat> Barlow, a reliever yep. off the board.
3: Yeah, and kind of going into that, what we were talking about, not being a zero in stolen bases. Like, Ian Happ isn't going to steal 20, but he can give you potentially 10. I like the power. I like I like the Cubs lineup, and then I think they're going to be better than a lot of people think. And I think Happ is one of those names that's kind of boring, but he does enough across the board that he's going to help you out. Scott, Scott Barlow, I just wanted my second closer. I know the Royals' signed role Chapman, but I'm not worried about him at all. I think Barlow is a very quality reliever. Maybe the only danger is that he's traded during the season, and he moves to a team where he's not going to close. That's always a danger with some of these bad teams, and I expect the Royals to not be very good. Uh, but I did need my second closer and he's kind of still a brand name guy. I love
2: what both you guys did, Chris and Andy in round 13, you go Chris sale. What a wild card, right? And then you got Dustin may maybe another wild card for different reasons. Uh, Chris, what, what would you, what made you pick uh, Chris sale in round 13?
9: Well, honestly, I probably wouldn't have done it if I didn't see his spring training out in yesterday where he has <laughs> I, I was pretty much I've been off of him, but seeing him back and healthy like we gotta you know there's a new data point, right? so we kind of have to be able to adjust our our preconceived notions so I saw that yesterday he looked healthy. I mean we know the upside with him and kind of I, I was thinking about Dustin May as well. They're kind of in a similar they're they're kind of a similar type of player, right? There's both sure. we both we know the upside with both of them. The stuff is nasty. There's some concerns with innings. Um, but i'll I'll go with the veteran, the guy who we've seen it from uh, before. So, yeah, happy with him is my s p four
3: and Chris sale last year, while well, he was seemingly hurt all season. But it wasn't like an arm injury. It was like right. kind of more freak kind of stuff of fluke
9: injuries. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I, I think that helps. I mean, you're getting him late enough that if it doesn't work out, like it, it's all right. You're not yeah. counting on him to be that one or two on your fantasy staff, which is obviously a change from what we expected um, for Chris Sale during his career.
2: Andy, we're seeing a couple of catchers, uh, Alejandro Kirk, an all-star last year, and then Tyler Stevenson, a young guy, had some injury problems at the end of last year, round before, round 13, MJ Melendez. Is this kind of the reason why if you don't get JT Real Muto early, maybe wait on catcher later? What's your strategy with that position?
10: Yeah, Stevenson in particular is somebody I really love because he's he's one of those guys, obviously, who's, I don't know, is he going to catch 60 games, 70 games, he's going to spend the rest of the time, you know, DHing. he'll be at first, he'll, presumably, if he can just stay healthy, he'll play a ton of games and give you a ton of at-bats, and yep. there's some batting average upside there, there's some power upside there, I usually end up with Stevenson. Um, so I'm disappointed not to get him here. I haven't filled catcher yet, but it's a one catcher league. Um, and and so it like it, it's really difficult for me to to draft that position early unless I'm getting like i don't know prime joe mauer um prime you know Buster Posey something like that unless i unless I feel like the catcher I'm drafting is a potential mvp i almost i almost never take it early because there's a fair amount of injury risk here and there's just you know as i'm I'm probably going to have to take one because there's only like there's only like three names on the board that I can really stomach at this point, so I'll probably take one next um but I I feel like there are plenty of sources for you know twenty or so home runs at that spot with uh, who who aren't going to absolutely crush you in average. So DJ as a, I, as a man DJ as a
2: yeah. man who took Dalton Varsho off the board yeah. as the second catcher in round six, how do you respond to that?
3: So I think what's appealing with Varsho is that as opposed to you know your standard catcher, Varsho is playing the outfield and yeah. he's going to be in the lineup every day. So you're going to get those plate appearances. Cause it's, it is frustrating sometimes in a league with, where you can make daily lineup changes where you're, you know your catcher is not going to play. Certainly like the DH spot being universal helps. The catcher can kind of get an off day out of the DH spot, but that's not always going to happen. So I think Varcho is going to give me that volume.
10: I actually should have made an allowance for Varsho because I I think it's, I think it's almost a cheat code to have a, to have a catcher who can play 160 games, right? Like it just, it just never happens. It's a huge advantage in runs and RBIs. Shouldn't be allowed. And the person who does it is cheating is what you're saying.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Uh, okay. So, uh, I need another starting pitcher and I'm I'm on the board right now. Uh, and there's some, there's some good options here, but we're getting late in the game now. I think we're starting to see, uh, you know some of the more proven names come off the board but i am going to go with alex cobb here with the giants and he had a rough first start in spring training where he was adapting to some of the new rule changes he he had a very emotional reaction after his first start with the pitch clock he was like this isn't baseball but then he bounced back on sunday i think he struck out six batters in two innings or something like that so you know, that just shows how quickly these pitchers can, can bounce back, at rhythm. I think he'll be fine. I think the advanced metrics last year uh, show that uh, Cobb deserved better than he actually had. So uh, I'm excited to see what he could do in a full season there uh, with the Giants. And I still think that's a uh, uh, pitcher-friendly type of stadium, even though maybe not as much as it used to be. Um, so my next pick here, I'm going to go with CJ Crone, who I'm looking at as a Fantasy platoon player. I'm probably only going to use him when he's in Colorado. Because you look at the splits that he had last year I mean, it was insane. He was like an MVP in Colorado and <laughs> replacement level on the road um, And you know, we see that with Rocky sitters all the time the adjustment They have to make when they go on the road, but to get him this late I needed some power figured why not I could put him in a utility spot
2: We're through five rounds already that went too quick. DJ that went too quick with Andy and Chris <laughs> but um guys well done is there any any parting uh, parting words any final tips for the drafters out there this draft season
10: um, I guess I guess I'll just repeat something that I mentioned earlier about uh, about Yahoo Leagues in particular. There's always this innings cap that we're all going to reach. Right. Like if you're just if you're just managing competently throughout the season and you're attentive, you will absolutely hit fourteen hundred innings. So you really need to think of it more as a K per nine than than overall K's. You, you shouldn't be thinking about innings at all. All right. Andy's back on the clock. Chris,
9: final words. Yeah, it sounds simple, but I, I think my advice would be just to have a plan going in. I, I'm probably a little overboard and maybe a little too rigid at times, um, but going into a draft, I've pretty much mapped out what my draft is going to look like and who who my targets are. And, you know, I have backup plans in place, but, you know, I think just kind of going into a draft willy-nilly and just, you know, kind of winging it uh uh, that's not the way to go. So just go in with a plan, execute and uh, yeah. Good luck to everybody this season. Thank
7: you so good much. Good advice, Chris.
2: Me. And you Thanks, got 24, guys. you got 24 seconds oh, left. With your <laughs> <break>. <laughs> All <right>. Good luck. <laughs> All right. uh, Andy, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, great hearing from great. you guys. Uh, Good luck the rest of the way here. So we got we're going to welcome in two more drafters here in just a second, but I want to remind you that now it's more important than ever to get your roto World baseball draft guide. You already knew that. Find all the player profiles, rankings, projections you need to hit your draft out of the park. Go to nbcsportsedge.com slash draft guide. Use pennant 25 to save 25% at check out. I can't wait to have uh, Andy calm my nerves right before my draft. He does it every year on Yahoo. It's like, you've got the number three pick. You're sitting pretty right here. It's like, all right, good. All right. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for helping (laughs) me out. All right. So we say goodbye to Chris and Andy. We say hello to our two other mock drafters. We say hello to Roto Pat, oh, with the jacket on and everything. Pat Doherty from NBC Sports and uh, Jen Piacenti from Sports Illustrated, who has been drafting fast and furious players in <laughs> queue. It seems like Jen, how have you been going so fast?
11: Well, um, mostly because I have it down to two people, and then DJ picks whoever I wanted, and then I have to take my second choice. Basically, oh, sorry that's about
2: what's that. <laughs> Uh And Pat, great to see you as always. Uh, are you are you happy with your team so
7: far, or embarrassed? happy with my jacket which i just took the tag (laughs) off of um by the way and i like the team so far but uh, i'm out of players now um you know this is i've only done two real drafts so far as you may know i'm a football guy for my day job and i'm now just i'm out of players so uh, really hoping (laughs) dj yeah like uh like, Jen, um, I'm just going to say every every pick DJ takes now is going to be like, oh, I was about to take him.
3: <laughs> but, well, you're not here to be an expert, Pat. You're here to entertain us. So
7: I'm, and I'm here to do some hard. Galaxy Brain stuff. I, I'm actually glad <laughs> people can't see my queue because there are some – there's some interesting names in here. I'll just put it that way. Are they all Cardinals? They are not. And although I did <laughs> – I just made my first panic Cardinals pick where – I, I had a pick ready almost every round here until the the sixteenth, and I had Miles Michaelis in the queue. I'm like, whatever, I'll just lock in some innings, and then I hear Andy go. Actually, you know, innings don't really matter on Yahoo. Uh, you know, more <laughs> K per nine, uh, which Miles Michaelis does not light up. Yeah. The K per I nine
11: need point. to know, like, how you know, where's Jordan Walker in that queue?
7: Uh, well, I'll tell you where he is. He's on Andy Barron's team and he texted me <laughs> in the middle of the draft and said, I'm now yeah. only going to make picks that will enrage you <laughs> that actually did happen. Yeah. I was gonna say, did
3: that trigger you?
7: But I It did. I'm hard. deeply, deeply <laughs> triggered. Oh, oh.
3: We
2: should have had we should have made sure, DJ, that we had Pat on camera when Jordan Walker oh, was yeah. taken.
7: <laughs> the Pat the, the Pat cam. The more Don't we should have had. I did get him in my other league, uh where I may have slightly overdrafted him. Um but uh, the, that's called the Drew Silva memorial pick.
0: Uh, Drew Silva. So
7: if there's a Cardinals hot prospect, take him love two you, Drew. rounds too early. We love you, Drew. Love you, Drew. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Jen, Jen,
2: uh, let's go through your team real quick here. You, you started with sure. Mike Trout and Manny Machado. You took the first closer in Edwin Diaz and then four went in the next round. So just kind of the top of your draft and overall, Jen, what do you think?
11: Um, I like my draft so far. I've executed, you know, I have a strategy that's always a flexible strategy. And the first thing I do is try to deal with positional scarcity. Now, Edwin Diaz wasn't necessarily in that plan, um, but who I had wanted there was someone like a Jose Altuve And he wasn't there. I am not touching starting pitching early this year, especially not in a league like this uh, where I only have to roster two starting pitchers. Um, I think there's a lot of good pitchers right there in the middle, in the fourth and fifth round. And so I've been waiting. I don't think that there's a big enough difference between Garrett Cole and say, like, I don't know, maybe a Alec Mano or even a Framber Valdez. I don't think there's enough of a difference uh, to jump that pick. So I've been hitting hitters early. Edwin Diaz. decided, Hey, why not start the closer run? That's fun, especially for a show like this. So yeah, Yeah. I'm pretty happy overall. I I need some speed. And, um, other Mm. than that, I'm, I'm good.
7: I just got sniped in the seventeenth round, and I actually I had Jose Miranda in my queue ready to go for about fourteen picks in a row.
3: Yeah, we're all up right in a row right now.
7: That's I know, good. and now I have no backup plan whatsoever. Um, no, I DG, do. You
2: want to help a friend? You want to help a
7: friend here? Well, he's going to inadvertently help me because I'm I need him to root for this player who I just took.
3: Uh, <laughs> see, I was going to take Jeff McNeil. so oh, there you <laughs> go. Uh,
7: the rare back-to-back seventeenth round sniping.
3: So. McNeil and Arias went off the uh, went back to back which is interesting got like batting champions here.
7: The Marlins uh, franchise player.
3: Yeah, yeah, yes. yes. So now I, now I need to figure out who to draft and th- this is hard. And if you look at the projected standings which is always a fun thing to do at Yahoo, I'm third from the bottom right now and I cannot <laughs> figure out why but I'm a little bit insulted. Let's see what uh, it says
7: Your light on here, DJ. Where do you
11: uh, even see these projected standings?
7: If
3: you go to standings, there's players, oh. teams, draft results, standings. Oh, so look at that. I, hey. I am going to go with Lars Newtbar. Ooh. Sorry, Pat.
7: No, it's funny. Uh, We're back-to-back back against each other, um, so this is good. Now we have, we have a stake in the other person's team, actually.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Lars Newtbar has a chance to lead off Uh, against right handers and you know I pick up that volume run scored he was really good during the second half last year so I'm excited to see what he can do over a full season and you know what I've ended up with Jamison Tyone in pretty much every draft this year. He's he might just be one of my guys that I put in my back pocket. Uh there with the Cubs, away from Yankee Stadium. The Cubs are trying to tinker with his arsenal. So maybe he takes that step forward this season the control was awesome last year. So We'll see what that does to my projected standings. I'm getting pretty annoyed by this thing right now. I'm in fourth place now. Look at me. (laughs) DJ, you
7: mentioned mentioned Newbar leading off. Uh, I really hope when he leads off, Tommy Edmund, who I did draft, does not hit ninth. Uh, He's probably going to. And I just opted for some Giants double magic, by the way, with the Sean Manea. Yeah. I get the feeling that, you know, every time they sign a starting pitcher, they just become a top five Cy Young candidate now. Um, (laughs) I'm hoping for the same thing to happen with Sean. Yeah, and the velocity has been up for
3: Sean Mania so far this spring and Giants camp considerably from where it was a year ago. So I don't think that's a bad play at all.
2: Ooh, Cody Bellinger off the board, round 18. Jen, what do you think about Cody Bellinger bounce back season?
11: I think why not in round 18, he could be one of the players that benefits from the ban on the shift, or maybe he just needs a new environment who knows what it is. So he was shifted on a lot last year, as opposed to like his teammate, Freddie Freeman. I I think it will be interesting to see him in a new environment. We, We don't know what's gone wrong with Cody Bellinger. Exactly. First we thought it was the shoulder injury. Then it just, it just became strange, but I think look in round 18, yeah what better shot are you going to take than a former you know nl mvp
3: (laughs) right i mean at this point we're taking bench players so yeah i mean why not see how he starts out the season i don't have a ton of faith in a turnaround for ballinger it's it's honestly very telling that the dodgers who could i know keep ballinger (laughs) non-tendered him but yeah i mean maybe a change the scenery some new voices in his ear uh gets him back on track
7: yeah, but Bellinger, do you just think it's like a little bit of everything, Jen, where like a guy who already had a long swing, then he started having the shoulder issues, and then you know, we have the weird COVID year, and I just wonder if like everything became like some yeah. sort of toxic brew for him and maybe he I really is Just the class <laughs> well too. Yeah, I mean no. <laughs> head case who just needs a change of maybe. I think it's well, here
11: plus his abilities probably a little bit too. I mean, he was so highly touted and he was so good, so young. I actually watched him back at Arizona Fall League and he was just a star then. And I just think it all it all didn't come together. Maybe Los Angeles wasn't the place for him. So I think, you know, the change of scenery is his best shot because I do think it's starting here more than it is his physicality and his athleticism
3: he changes his swing and mechanics like every five minutes all the time (laughs) yeah he did it after his mvp season too which makes no sense
7: but well wasn't it the dodgers that initiated that swing change i did not understand that at the time and he was my centerpiece keeper in my home league and i'm like why are they changing his swing and then i was even less pleased after the season began when I saw the results of the the changed swing. So uh, I, by the way, I really don't want to Cody Bellinger bounce back uh, since he's on. The uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jen, yeah, so we- Jen, let me ask you about a couple
2: outfielders here. Uh, we had hmm. Brandon Nimmo, big time contract with the Mets. Um, obviously better in, in real life than fantasy goes in round 18. And then you have Ruiz, uh, a guy who stole so many bases last year in the minor leagues. What do you think about those two names?
11: Yeah, I think Ruiz is a, a target that a lot of people should get in in round 18. Why not? If that's the speed yeah. you could be looking for. Now, of course, the speed thing is a big question mark this year, right? The bigger bases, uh, the ban on the shift that could make it easier for lefties to steal. There's so many questions. I actually think that um, bases are going to be more democratically s- spread out stolen bases. I don't think yeah. that guys are just going to suddenly, you know, steal a lot of bases. Uh, you know, the top players aren't going to necessarily steal a lot more bases than the middle players. I think everyone's going to kind of move a little bit up. I do think a few middle players might get a few more. I've been looking for those who have success with steals. Now, Ruiz young uh, did it in the minors. He's exactly the kind of person you want to plan to do well when he gets up here. That's part of his game. I also think we often fall into the trap of when we're looking for speed drafting somebody who stole a lot of bases the year before. And in reality, yeah. that never <laughs>
7: works out. Jen, I think you just made such an important point about the increase in steals where I just think, yeah, it's going to be like the rising tide lifting all boats just a all little bets. bit instead of like, oh, I would love as an old time base, old time baseball fan, this case, being like the nineties. Like I want, I would <laughs> like to see some 70 steals guys. Again, oh yeah. That's so much fun. Oh. But uh, yeah, I kind of, I agree with Jen that I think it's going to be more just kind of everyone stealing a little more instead of some people stealing a lot more and DJ uh, making this pick for you. Um oh oh um, Ooh,
2: Francisco Alvarez.
7: Oh
3: that's a that's a good call. I, I think Alvarez is going to begin the season in the minors. The, he will uh, the, Mets, the Mets did sign Omar Narvaez during the offseason, so we probably don't see him right away. But if the Mets don't get production out of the DH spot, To begin the season, I think we could see him very quickly because he's ready to go with the bat. Uh I I just think the question is about his ability to catch. So uh we'll see how that evolves over the course of the year. I'm gonna take a chance on maybe a rebound season from DJ LeMayhu here late in the draft. And he's also a fellow DJ, so I have to take him (laughs) legally obligated. And he uh gives me coverage at three spots first base, second base, third base. So This late in the draft, you know, when you're filling out the rest of your roster, you're filling out a bench spot, always helps to have that versatility. And then uh, my final pick here, hmm, I'm going to take a pitcher maybe. Let's see what I'm going to do. I am going to invest in a potential bounce back from Jose Barrios with the Blue Jays. He's capable of taking a step forward. There's some good words in Blue Jays camp this year about the progress that he's making. Again, doesn't work out. He's my last pick. He's a bench pick. I'm back in the waiver wire pool. But yeah, this late in the draft, I think you're just looking for someone who maybe can turn, maybe can turn into something. And that's what I'm thinking with Burrios here.
2: And then right after you go, Kenta Maeda with Jen, yep. which is the immediate pick. And I think it's such a power move, Jen. <laughs> it's just like those guys you took, I had no interest in them. I was not taking them. You know, it's so funny. Like
11: along. I can't decide in the morning, like what kind of coffee I want or what I want for lunch. But when it comes to fantasy baseball, when it comes down to it, like I am cued, I am ready to go. I pull <laughs> the trigger it. and then I don't look back.
3: <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, and I love this Liam Hendricks pick too here, I'll say. Mm. Obviously, we're all rooting for him uh, just to be healthy. Uh, At this point, Uh, really baseball, not super important, but uh, if you could put him in an aisle spot, maybe he's ready to pitch at some point this year. Again, if it doesn't work out, that's fine. He has much more, more bigger battles to fight. Um, But if he's healthy, if he's good to go, we know he's an elite closer. So I love that pick by Andy.
11: Oh, that Telez pick. He was buried. I can't believe I missed that.
7: (laughs) Yeah. DJ, you say at the final pick, you're just trying to find something like that could kind of happen, maybe bet on a bounce back. I drafted yep. Noah Syndergaard with my final pick, yep. and you know the Dodgers seem to have a way. I, I've joked about the Giants turning everyone to, into a Cy Young contender. The the, the Dodgers, uh, the front, they'll never he'll never go six innings, but I'm going to get maybe just five point one amazing innings every week from Noah Syndergaard as a Dodger. So, well, why not? Why not? Bet, why not bet on a Syndergaard bounce back?
3: Yeah, I mean they're trying to get that velocity back up. I mean, remember before Tommy John surgery, Noah Syndergaard was the hardest thrower in the majors on average fastball velocity. That was a long time ago. Uh, And he hasn't been able to get that uh, miles per hour up back anywhere close to before surgery, but uh, we'll see. The Dodgers are trying.
2: All right. We have completed the draft here. 20 rounds in the books. What did it do? An hour and a half. That's a pretty good, pretty good good pace, right? Talking through all those picks. All right. So, so Jen kind of, um, Maybe a, a, a theme of draft season for you, mm-hmm. something you're really focusing on in uh, just about every draft you get into?
11: So I would say the theme is positional scarcity. And it's three positions I'm really focusing on this year. It's third base, second base and outfield. And if I don't get one of those guys, I have a pivot plan. So if I don't get an outfielder in first base, I know how long I'm going to wait. I try to get Jose Altuve in say the second or third round. Or if I don't get Jose Ramirez, then I wait and I wait for certain players that I like later on. So I have my deep sleepers at second, third and outfield ready to go in case I don't get them early. And I build from there. Also waiting, on starting pitching, I don't think you need to take a starting pitcher in the second round this year.
7: Pat, yeah, I think that's a great thought. call. Oh, sorry. I'm Go waiting on starting pitch. pitching is always a good bet. It's especially a good bet this year. We're, starting pitching innings were slightly up last year as we got a little further removed from the pandemic. I think maybe they'll tick up ever so slightly this year, but could just plateau again. There's so many interesting guys in the late rounds. Uh, positional scarcity, always a theme. Third base is just... I feel like third base is always shallow, but it's just, like, more grim than ever this year. Yeah. On the other hand, <laughs> Catcher is usually one of the most shallow, but Catcher this year seems the deepest it's been better. in a
11: really long time. Very interesting.
7: And yeah, they were yeah. – bagging on DJ earlier for taking a catcher but he, he got no the, the he's that's who
11: there. I that was yeah. one of the snipes I had Varsha ready to go I was like here we go it's a it's a round or two early I can get Varsha no DJ got him so um, but then I had Melindas. I think he's someone that's going to benefit from the banning on the shift Cal Raleigh there's there's some interesting people down there I do think it's ideal to try to get a top 10 catcher if you can uh, because a catcher can really hurt you a lot more than people realize yes. a lot of people just punt catcher you don't want to go too crazy with that so but we have options this year
3: yeah i think outfield is there's a drop-off there and i I think dj is thinner than i can ever remember outfield it's a it's such a deep pool because you have to start three that people think i can get this later and i think i made i fell into that trap a little bit today i got jake mccarthy taylor ward ian happ who i like but I didn't get any of those top outfielders and you may find that in your own draft. So I would say, you know, I did take Vlad jr for in the first round. So again, I didn't get that dynamic five tool, you know, five category fantasy outfielder. And that shows you what happens if you, you know, attack another position. That's the way it can play out.
7: Jen and DJ, do you feel like there's less power than usual in the outfield? I feel like maybe since there's such an emphasis on outfield defense right now, yeah. that I'm, you're finding this like way less cheap corner power than they're used to.
11: Yeah, there's there's a lot of power right now at short, even at first. Um, I've I've found with outfield, it's like there's those first guys, right, the Kyle Tucker, the Jordan Alvarez, the Mookie Betts. You got these guys, and then like all those middle guys. I'm just I don't feel moved to take them. I don't feel moved to take a Cedric Mullins or Randy Arozarena. I know I should, but when it gets there, it just doesn't yeah. feel impactful enough. Which is kind right. of why I ended up choosing it. Edwin Diaz. Cause I think he's someone that's going to be the best at his position. Yeah. Um, and then you get down into outfield, and then there are interesting people, right? You can get a, a, a batting title leader, potentially way late. You could get an Oscar Gonzalez. You could get, you know, uh, Brian De La Cruz, some yeah, breakout people there. So yeah. I, I kind yeah. of like, you know, each position's different, but I, I almost have been thinking it more at tears this year
3: yeah. than ever. Before. Jen, you sniped me on Edwin Diaz. So you know, oh. it goes, both. it goes both ways.
11: Aren't you a Mets fan, DJ? I,
3: I am a Mets fan. So yeah. I kept
11: that in mind, actually, oh. strategy-wise. See? As I was like watching Kodos and, got, and that, one of the reasons I took Diaz is because I was drafting next
3: to you.
7: DJ's supposedly right. a Mets fan. He that's doesn't smart. get Edwin Diaz or Francisco Alvarez, a utility <laughs> only who won't be up for three months. Okay. I
3: don't great. think I got any Mets in my draft now that I'm thinking yeah. about it. But you know what? I mean, that's another, that's another good piece of advice. Like know who you're drafting with. And what their tendencies might be, who they're fans of, yeah. you can use that to your advantage too.
2: As a Detroit Tiger fan, I don't have to worry about anyone using <laughs> that
3: against
11: <today>. <laughs> oh, yeah,
6: me. I, I really like
11: Torkelson late.
6: I, I said I had Torkelson in my queue I there. You like Torkelson
11: um, late.
2: <laughs> uh, Jen, uh, Roto, Pat, thank you so much for uh, jumping on with us. Roto, Pat, thanks for taking the tag off with the new jacket. <laughs> <It> looks great. I'll <laughs> uh, bust it out. So uh, well done with the draft. And I know we'll be talking to you guys soon.
7: Thanks guys. Thank it was a blast. You guys. Thank you. This is what this is great. All
2: right, DJ, we have completed it. It is it is over. Uh I am sad to report. I clicked on the standings tab, and you are eighth. Scott Piadowski is first. So is he the champion? Is he the champion of the mock draft then? I guess.
3: I mean, I think he knows how to utilize that. <laughs> I mean, I also think it's it's fake news. It's it's not real, so I don't believe it. It's just propaganda.
2: Um. All right. A- any final thoughts for you, DJ here? I-, I know that there are a lot of players that are interesting late in the draft that we didn't get to talk about all of them. If people do want to hear you talk about every single player at every single position, they can go back and listen to all the circling the bases podcast that-, that you do. So I do know that that is out there and available. But is there anything that went unsaid that we need to say here right at the end?
3: I mean, there's a lot of interesting flyers late. You know, I, I did talk about Liam Hendricks. You know, we talked about Noah Syndergaard a little bit. But well, I think a lot of these are just late round plays to see if it turns into something. I think Scott made a great pick in the 19th round to get Sean Murphy uh, with the Braves. I, I think he could have a great season there in Atlanta getting out of the lineup in Oakland, which is a terrible lineup, uh, to join the Braves there. I think he's going to get a lot of a lot of plate appearances, a lot of plate appearances with runners on base that he can drive in so again in a single catcher format I think that was a great move by Scott and I should also mention Shelly Verstrait uh, one of our writers here at World. she is going to uh, give blind draft grades I'm basically going to give her all the rosters she's mm. going to grade these teams she's going to post it on rotoworld.com later this week you can see how all of us did uh, and she's going to give us grades for our rosters so obviously I'm going to get an A but we'll see what everyone <laughs> else does.
2: She won't know whose team you have. Obviously, (laughs) Edmund Diaz, there's DJ. No, it's not. Not this time. Uh, Well, that was a lot of fun, DJ. Thanks for uh, letting me come aboard and watch that play out because I think that helps me with my fantasy drafts coming up. And if you do want and crave more information out there, where can people go, DJ?
3: Yeah, so you can go to rotoworld.com. You can get our online draft guide there. It's a great product. Uh, We're trying to update it throughout spring training, so everything to reflect recent news, injuries, up-to-date information. Uh, you can buy the magazine, too. It's out in stores now. Check it out. Uh, you can find it in drugstores and grocery stores and all that good stuff. So definitely go check it out. Aaron Judge on the cover. Uh, it's a very pretty magazine. Uh, so yeah,
2: yeah. One of the benefits of working with you is I was handed that magazine for free one time in the, in the uh, studios there. So uh, I appreciate that. But then I also did go on and subscribed to the NBC Sports uh, Edge website so I could get updated rankings and standings and all that as we as Absolutely. we go through here. All right, DJ, we did it. Hour and a we half move. mock draft Great. 2023 in the books. Uh thanks to all the drafters out there for spending an hour and a half of their day with us and coming on and chatting about it here. Uh that was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Awesome. Now, now the real work begins, right, DJ?
3: Yeah, we're we're still a couple of weeks away. We have the World Baseball Classic coming up. Should be a lot of fun. Hopefully nobody gets hurt, especially the Mm. players on my roster. But uh, no, in all seriousness, it'll be fun. Opening day will be here before we know it. And then it's the six-month grind.
2: The six-month grind. Ain't that the truth? Which is why you need Roto World more than ever to help you through Mm -hmm. that uh, half a year grind. All right, DJ, well done. Thanks for everyone uh, watching out there. Thanks again to all the uh, drafters. And we will see you on opening day. Play ball, I say.